Welcome to the Recombobulator Lab with Jason Gramnai and Chris Dominic. All right, we're launching the countdowns there. Jason's laughing to start an episode for the, for the 50th time. I'm sorry, yes. I keep doing that, don't I? No, it's it's. I think you know. It's really one of the weird things about not being uh, to be able to see each other live very often is that um, it's really kind of a treat. Everybody, when I get to see Jason's face pop up, it's sort of like a little like, "Hey, he's back!" It, it, it's like you know, it's like uh, it's you're seeing an old friend. Um, Me too. It's great to see. Yeah, you. Happy New Year! It's 2023. It, it's 2023. Happy New yes. Year! And I am very excited about 2023. And we're going to be talking a little bit about. All of the things that uh, might be happening this year, we've got some predictions we're going to throw out there. We're going to just tease those out there for now because we have so many things we'd love to talk about because we haven't caught up just the two of us in a while. And wow, there's so many things that could happen or might happen or all those sorts of things. For one thing, uh, I don't know what it's like in Australia, Jason, but here in America, we've got this really weird combination of the lowest unemployment in almost 50 years and massively high interest rates because of inflation. Like, basically, the Fed is trying to tamp down inflation. So everybody's like, yay, this is great. Everybody's working, and I'm not going to buy a house at all because, you know. So all my real estate friends are very sad. Yeah. Um, and, and other things they're like, not doing a darn thing. And gas prices, like the cost of bread and stuff, it's brutal, right? Everything's going up. Yeah, yeah. and it kind of it kind of chains, right? Because people have got to raise their prices to do this. And then you go to the store, and if you're really watching a tight budget, you, look, get this. I, I went into the store the other day, and if you get the normal free-range chicken... Happy chicken. At the happy chicken at the... At one of the local stores, that's not one of the big brand chains. It was nine ninety nine for like two, like probably about a pound uh, U.S. dollars. And then if you got the organic free range, which by the way, have have a good time trying to figure out what the distinction there yeah, is. Yeah. It was nineteen ninety nine for Whoa. the exact same package. It Whoa. was a ten, and of course, it's always interesting because you think to yourself, "Or oh, this is the this is the joke that a friend of mine said." Uh, why why is it that we have to um pay so much more for people not to poison us you know uh but but anyway it's there's so, a whole episode so guess in what? that <laughs> yeah so so i i looked about it and i thought about it and i got the i got the 99 one cuz i yeah. thought 1999 for two chicken breasts there's no way in hell it's just i'm not going to do it That's but hot. yep yeah yeah and so is that going on down there or no yeah, it's unbelievable. Like blueberries. Same thing? Little pun of blueberries. Like 12, 13 bucks. Like, it's bizarre. So we really, we are really are part of a big yeah, supply yeah. chain. And All the Western countries, right? And it's Ukraine, right? Is it? What's happening? I think maybe, I, I think maybe in the bread area, but I don't know if you guys get your, I don't know if you guys get wheat from there. I know uh, Africa does. I don't think we need any help on wheat. Mm. We've got like the Midwest. No, that's right? true. I mean, true. come on. You ever true. driven through Kansas? Yeah, yeah. For, for Amber years. waves of grain, yeah. real. 
It's yeah. a real thing. They're really like, oh, it's an ocean of green. It's so funny. So, so prediction, yeah. what do you think? Inflation's going to be here for the next 12 months, six months, three I months? Think, I think so. I think that the problem is the battleship cannot be turned around that easily. Right. It's just a massive machine. And I think, you know, and it's the layoffs just started. Yeah, here? I saw. I saw uh, did you hear Amazon. About that? Amazon just laid off half a cent, a million, yeah. not a million. But Salesforce just just sent a bunch of pink slips out. You guys use that term? In we don't, but I'll translate so, it for us. It's a really, friends. really okay. What you, is it? Are you going to trade? Well, it's just this thing that says, <laughs> so, uh-huh, "You're out of a job." <laughs> it used to be that back in the day, uh, if you were what a you know, like working for at a factory, you'd be go, you'd go to get your uh, time. Sh- your time oh, card to punch, it, put in the punch machine and it'd be a pink slip and you'd be like, oh. <laughs> Chris, I think the emotion might have been a bit more than just, oh, rat. Ow. Yeah, that's that's kind of my that's kind of my Simpsons version. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Of, of what it would be. Oh, shucks. <laughs> um, we're laughing about people losing their jobs, Chris. It is not good. No. But can yeah, I just no, ask, I, is there some weird thing where you've got nearly full employment, but then there's a lot of layoffs coming, so then employment's will, unemployment will tick up? Is that true? It, it, it will. It's just interesting because unless something really strange happens, there's no way you're going to get into anything that anybody would call serious. And even though it's always serious if it happens to you, right? Yeah. But in terms of like how many people are out of work and right. – I mean, and think about it. There are a lot of people that are getting cut from big corporate jobs. Mm. Uh, those people almost always get some sort of severance package, and they've got insur- they've got employment insurance. It's the it's the smaller yeah. town yeah, yeah, layoffs yeah. that they are more trouble communities. Yeah, yeah, because then it's and, like, yeah. like, hey, I don't I don't actually have any un- unemployment, or yeah. you know, yeah, people yeah. don't know how to get the services, yeah. and then you end up with the homeless problem that yeah. we have and. But, but it's, it's, yeah. yeah, unemployment's an odd one though because we count it inaccurately because we include all the all the gig economy yeah. jobs which aren't a terrible quality jobs and no benefits and that's kind of dreadful. Well, hopefully you count it better than we do because we don't count the people who just like give up. No, the participation that's fascinating and that's a Isn't better that number weird? to look at. And just to be clear, when you and I first last saw each other in person, remember we had a two day offsite, very difficult challenging two-day off-site in a torturous place called Santa Barbara. We sat and we yeah. planned about, we yeah. planned and planned and planned about we this did. podcast and mm-hmm. drank a bit and had some fantastic sushi. Um, yes. We talked about the great resignation, and particularly yeah. in the hospitality industry. Is the great resignation come and gone and now everyone's forgotten mm, that? Or do you think I, the restaurant... I think it's, re- some I of think those... it's still happening. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 it's, it's a weird combination of things. There are just so many options for people right, now. Right. I mean, just I'll give you a quick example. The last two people we've hired at Songus have no relationship to our two offices in Portland and Seattle. Really? Right. None. One's in Indianapolis and the other one's in Atlanta. And mm. it's because they just they have jobs that don't require yeah. them to be nearby. So the upside of that is the whole darn country yeah. is now our pool. Yeah, right. And that means so many more options. When we interviewed people, we interviewed people from all over, which means we mm. had access to better clients. If I just had to look at Portland mm. or just had to look at Seattle, we'd be more limited. That's and I, I just think this is good for employers and at least knowledge workers, right? Yeah. I mean, or, or support people for knowledge workers, yeah. which is what these people were. Uh, I think that's all good. Now, for labor, I don't know if it's any different, right? Because right. at some point, you got to show up and do whatever you do. 
Well, one of the um, things we wanted it, to talk about for this, another prediction bit, was around future of work, which is kind of fascinating. Like, are you going to see where people are going back to work? Like, it was a bizarre, there was a bizarre um, uh, article in the paper yesterday saying people are going back to the office so they can focus. Like, yeah. it's as if no, yeah, that <laughs> it's crazy. The, the 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 studies I've seen are basically half and half. It's it's half the people say I need to get I need to stay out of the office so I can focus, and the other half say I need to get into the office so I can focus. And I think when you when you probe down on the data and you actually see what some of the qualitative responses mm. are, as opposed to just the big data, it's pretty obvious what it is. It's like I have two small children who are being homeschooled. Uh, I need to get the hell out of here. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, or you know, I love my kids, but I can't work like this. Um, yeah, I, it's it, it tends to be things like that that are somewhat predictable. And also, hey, we're all different, right? Some people need to work yeah. in an environment around people so they can like run their ideas past them mm. and stuff. And some other people are like, that's just a major distraction to me. And by the way, I don't like people. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and so it seems like um, like in commercial real estate here in Sydney, if if you're a commercial building owner in sydney your world has oh. just in sin just been he's just disintegrated right okay that's the same here so get this i just heard the data in portland is almost 30 percent of the downtown is empty like that's like incredible. if you're a commercial real estate person it's a sad time yeah i think you're, you're trying to figure out what the hell is going to happen here and because people just don't work the same way no like if a mate uh james sheller who you met lovely barrister who, mm-hmm. who you had a walk on the beach with um great guy in a yeah. non-romantic way um yeah. he he was in his building is also he's got chambers for the barristers but the rest of the building big building is lawyers and they immediately mm-hmm. reduced their um they cut their lease and they chopped by 50 percent which I think yep. is fascinating. But I want to go back to the two people you employed. From a culture mm-hmm. standpoint, how do you onboard folks if they're not in town? Or, uh, or are you very intentional about bringing them into town? Or is it a Zoom thing? Or I'm always yeah. aware of the culture piece because, but I, again, this was, yeah. So what do you, what do you, how do you do with yeah, that? Yeah, okay. So that's a great question. I think, first of all, you have to take into consideration what they're into. I think that the part of the problem is, Sometimes we make the mistake of thinking, you know what they really want? They want to fly out here and spend a bunch of time with me in person. And like some of those people really don't. It's like, I didn't sign <laughs> up for this crap. <laughs> like, oh, God. They're like, what they really want to do is get on, the, get on a Zoom call with you mm-hmm. and you know, be shown around a little bit and then be able to go back home yeah. uh, very quickly. And then the, in our situation, the fun thing is, is we get a chance to work in the field together oh, that's so right so you we did the onboarding right, right, yeah right, right, we did right. the onboarding while uh, virtually yeah and because it's all basically document work anyway and yeah. and internet work and email and and working in like microsoft teams yeah, and right. things like that but when it's time to do a focus group or a mock trial that's live and we've got to hit the road then we actually end up meeting i met um one of them for the first time Oh gosh, where was it? I think it was in Galveston, Texas. Oh right, uh, just because that's where the work was. Yeah, no, uh, it's fascinating. If you think of, we have four kids between us, not together, because that'd be, you know, biologically be, yeah. impossible. Although, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, AI. I mean, maybe one, maybe someday that's gonna happen. We are, I mean, you know, yeah, that could happen in twenty twenty three with ChatGPT. I mean, hey, ChatGPT. Oh, okay. Can we can we switch we'll get, over to that real quick? But, uh, okay. Really, really quickly. So, so your four children. Yeah, our four, do it. Our collective four children. Uh, our four children together. Their version of what work will be is going to be incredible, right? 
Oh yeah, like incredible. No, it it's going to be. Yeah, you know, and I also think. I will say, I think there is pretty good evidence, and this isn't just me because I've got two kids that are this age, and you do too. You can you can watch them, but you can also read a lot of the, the articles about this, and you can look at the data mm-hmm. on this. They're going to probably make the workplace a little bit more accountable. I, I think mm-hmm. they're just not used to taking it. <laughs> yeah. They're just... They're like they really are going to. I I mean they're they're used to. Like I'll give you an example. In our employment cases, when somebody fires somebody for insubordination, and you run that past a mock juror who's like twenty two years oh. old, they go, yeah. "What the hell's that?" And you really? say, "That's that's getting fired for um, like talking back," and they're like, "Oh, that's not a thing." Like, in other words, like, I won't acknowledge that that's a thing. Like, you have, you have to be able to do that. Yeah. Like, that's, that's my, my right to do that. Like, you don't get a special right to not hear what I have to say about mm. things just because you are, I'm working for you. Yeah. And I, I think that's a very different take than, say, certainly yeah. what our parents had to deal with or, or even what we've had to deal with. So anyway, but but over to this chat GBT thing. Oh. I only learned about this through a really wonderful little family reunion with some of uh, my wife's family, who I haven't seen in a few years because of the pandemic. We all got together in San Diego. And uh, my wife's cousin just said, hey, you got to check this out. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and so I thought, okay... I didn't look up what it is or anything first. I just pumped a question into it. And I wrote, describe the occupation jury consultant in the United States. Now, I want you to understand something. There's probably about a thousand of us. Right? Right. This is, yeah, this this is not something that, that, um, uh, I don't know. I wasn't expecting it to do a very good job. Okay, here's what it spit out. Not a big data set. No, there's not. There isn't a lot for it to access. So here we go. A jury consultant is a professional who advises attorneys, law firms, and other clients on strategies for selecting and managing juries in legal cases. This typically involves conducting research on potential jurors, analyzing the results of that research, and providing recommendations to the legal team on how to effectively communicate with and persuade the jury. That's exactly correct. That is amazing. I don't think. Anybody has actually done it that well. That's the best paragraph describing what we do that I can possibly imagine. And you're a communications major with a master's. You know, you're the guy, right? Like that's amazing. Yeah. That that's incredible, and that's a relatively it's crazy um, small data set. Like it's it's bizarre. And so because I thought, okay, maybe this is a boilerplate that somebody. Mm. I realize that's not what it is, but just because I'm skeptical, right? Yeah. I'm like, okay, let me, it says, like, regenerate the answer. Mm. And it regenerates the answer in a way that's different but still true. Yeah. It's it's just fascinating. I mean, it's clearly actually thinking. I mean, now there's this new paragraph that says, jury consultants typically have a background in psychology, sociology, or a related field and may hold advanced degrees in these areas. Also very true. <laughs> that's just, yeah. It's just, it's, yeah. Anyway. So uh, tell me, how about you? Have well, you have you yeah, gotten into this? I have because, as you know, in parallel with the company, I'm doing a, a PhD, right? So from a writing mm-hmm. point of view, it's sort of interesting. 
So I dived in and you can actually ask questions like, using this theoretical framework, using multi-level perspective, um, write an essay on um, the future of, um, uh, the future of um, democracy in Australia. With, okay. With and embed references. Oh. It's mental. So you get a complete academic document with references at the bottom. Oh, see, I was actually thinking, oh, it can't be. I, I, I considered for a minute this may be a, uh, a threat to the academic world. And then I thought, well, it's only spitting out three paragraphs of information for me. Mm. But you're saying if you tell it, write an essay, yeah. it will write an essay. It is, and now it's only it's it's limited in length to seven hundred or thousand words. But as an academic, when I first read that, I'm thinking, "Oh my God, we've got big problems here." And then it's like, "No, actually, this saves time because what happens right. is that you get the base knowledge. You've still got to add your analysis, which an AI can't do. But it's what what's happening is the AI is doing the best, the thing that it does best, which is like get everything that's known out there. It's kind of like a literature review done by a bot, which is kind yeah. of perfect. It's funny, my son." Had to write an essay, uh, and and he said, "Oh, let's see what ChatGPT does." So it wrote it. Then he mm-hmm. ran it through. A lot of the the universities and schools have a software program to make sure you haven't plagiarized. Yes. And it was tick yes. tick tick, no plagiarizing. Wow, that's interesting. So so no, that's interesting because uh, one of um, my wife's other cousins, who is a professor at a university, said, "I can't tell the difference." Yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, it, it, it really is. But, you know, it's interesting. If you think of it the same way as we think of using a calculator or the same way we think of being able to reference things on the Internet instead of go yeah. to the library, which yeah. for the really young people listening to this, they're going to be like, room with, that? It's a big building with, yeah. the, with windows. <laughs> right. But, I mean, it used to – like when I first started Googling things, I remember feeling like it was cheating. Mm. Same. You know, even though it's clearly not. It's just another form of research, yeah. right? But – if you use this as a way to get your thoughts straight, because yeah. there, I don't know about you with writing, but for me, the worst part is the blank page. Yeah, it stinks. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's it's slow, right? So if you could just use it to get your thoughts going, right? Well, that sounds great. Yeah. Now they're they're collecting all of this information, so I have to tell you, I've been a little squeamish mm. on like what I type into it because I'm like, I don't want that yeah, like, yeah, some yeah. crazy <laughs> some crazy question associated with me because mm-hmm. you have to right you have to sign up. You can't be anonymous when yeah. you interact with this thing. You have you have to be you, mm. um, and I'm sure that won't stop some people from saying crazy things that will be reported yeah. to the NSA. Uh, quick question: Is yours in Australian English, or is it in mm. in American English? No, is it in it's Bay it's Area it's in, English? It's in it's Australian it's, English. Yeah. So you get color. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fascinating. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well. <laughs> Wait, how is the PhD thing going? By the it's way? really. I don't good. even know where you're at. Yeah, so um, I mean, I'm, like, how far along are you? Yeah, I'm in the final stretch. I've got 12 months left. I'm writing three papers. So you do PhDs these days. You can do by compilation. So you get three mm-hmm. papers peer reviewed mm-hmm. and published, and then you put a top and tail on it, and that's an 80,000 word PhD. So my first paper uh, I've submitted, and I'm just getting comments back um, around, and so that's great. And then concurrently, I'm doing data collection through a field trial of a compostable Nappian service, and that's going to be the data for the second paper, then the third huh? paper. So I'm really pushing hard to get it submitted in 12 months' time. Yeah. But it's really great, and it's, it's, it's completely connected into the business, to G-diapers. So it's great. Amer- it's- American audience, nappies or diapers. Thank you. Just 
<laughs> a little help, a little help there. Thank you. Okay, so um, I don't own any uh, Tesla stock yeah. or any Twitter stock. I'm yeah. just going to put that out there. But I think I I don't know if I get anywhere near that stuff these days. What, what do you think? Um, I just hard. put I put in the chat GP before we hit record, and I just said, "Will Twitter survive Elon Musk's leadership?" Oh, how'd that go? It said it is difficult to predict the future of Twitter and whether or not it will survive Elon Musk's leadership. However. Musk has a proven track record of success when it comes to business and technology, so it is likely that he will be able to help Twitter succeed in the long run. Ultimately, only time will tell. Mm, Past performance is the best indicator of of future performance. That's right. Well, there's no doubt about that, actually. As much as people um, have been down on the the Mr. Musk uh, lately, I will say I think some of it has to do with the fact that, I mean, this is coming from my work uh, a little bit, but... Mm. If you've got a bunch of people who tend to be left of center, who really love electric cars, uh, and then one day you realize that um, the guy you've been idolizing for bringing electric cars mm. and shattering the the death grip that uh, Detroit had on combustible cars, and now you hear him saying some kind of crazy semi right wing stuff on on Twitter, that's kind of a it's kind of your hero shattering your image, you know. I, I think there's mm. probably some people who've gone from thinking Elon's really cool to like that he's kind of a nut. Um, I don't know, is it, what's it like in Australia? Anybody? We, is that talked, a thing? Yeah, we've talked heaps about it, and I think what's interesting is that he is unbelievable in terms of hardware. He literally has that Steve Jobs bending the universe to his will with Tesla. With SpaceX, with the Boring Company, mm-hmm. with Skylink, you know, launching yeah. a low-level um, network of um, of nodes to give everyone in the developing world, the global South, access to the internet. It's unbelievable. He's genius. It's unbelievable. The problem with Twitter is a sociological exercise. Twitter yeah. is, a, is a political exercise, and he's out of his depth. I actually suspect yeah. he might be able to turn it around as he steps off from CEO. The fact, and this is, I heard that Palo Alto is looking carefully at this, where he has cut half the heads and the thing still operates. And so there's a lot of VCs in Silicon Valley going, well, hang on a minute. How many people do we need? Do we need all these people? I Um, might just be a little chubby. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, that's, it's, it's interesting because, yeah, two sides to that. One is, Wow, maybe you can be that lean. Yeah. Um, but I guess the time will tell, though, because what if there's mass uh, exodus in the next few months from people who are just being run ragged? Uh, that's always possible, right? I mean, and people can't be worked to death for too long. The sweatshop yeah. kicks people out. The The next thing, though, is I am a little curious about... I mean, part of me is thinking... Part of the issue is what he seems to be good at is a lot of fairly hard science sort of things. Yep. And this is clearly out of his depth, I think. No, he doesn't. Like, yeah. You know, like the idea... So so just from from my perspective on this, uh, working in this world all the time, the idea that free speech, completely unfettered or regulated, mm. is a good idea. Like, literally free speech, not the way we define it in America, mm. which is somewhat reduced right like yeah. free speech does not include yelling hate fire in a crowded theater yeah. right it, it well, actually in america it does include yeah, hate speech. i was about to uh, yeah. but most west i mean most of the western world 
is pretty worried about hate speech. And we deal mm. with the hate speech piece a little bit by being able to call something a hate crime and making yeah. it a special crime. Yeah. So we kind of deal with hate speech, but you can say hateful things about people and it's still free speech yeah. here. You just can't threaten their life or something like that. So, but the problem is, is once you've got all sorts of people feeling anonymous online, mm. saying very dangerous things yeah. uh, that seem like genuine violence as opposed to, political force or political yeah. thought or or even intense political ideas but just but like literally you know domestic terrorism in, yeah. a, in a in a light too serious form mm. the idea that that's free speech uh that's really actually a pretty extreme position and so i it'll be interesting to see how that moderates but for one thing he's got advertisers are going to be like no I mean, there's only so much you can do just because you own it. I mean, at some point, you've got to be able to make money off of it, too. And your advertising is your money. So There's no question that, yes, he's managed to control. He's brought spending into line. It seems like the things, the platform's sort of saying there. He's had moments of insanity where he's blocked journalists who've put links onto their Instagram and other bars. That was a tough day And he's had to fix that one. He's... um, He's let someone like Andrew Tate back onto the platform on Twitter, who's then gone and shot himself in the foot. Uh, he let yeah. Donald Trump back on. It's interesting when you listen to him interviewed about hate speech or, or so one of his big things is trying to get rid of the the chat the bots, like, mm. right? Like there's too many Russian yeah. bots there, so trying to sweep that up. And I think he's got the the brain to kind of figure that out. Um, in terms of the 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 loony left wing, right wing, whatever wing. Stuff he's he's sort of saying, it's a it's a marketplace of ideas, but that those ideas won't get promoted and won't get bubbled to the top. It's mm. kind of an interesting thing because what mm-hmm. if that's true and he can work that out, then you'll go beyond the whole cancel culture business, and you just there's something interesting in that. But yeah, uh, overall, like the idea that he went on Twitter and put a poll out and said, should I keep being CEO? I'll respect the result. Or it's like, should I put these accounts back online? That's insane. Yeah, well, it, it's at least fascinating. Yeah. It's somewhere in the range of fascinating to insane. Yeah, it's a bit of a yeah, dumpster no fire. Everyone's watching it. Going, now, yeah. Now, yeah. Actually, you know what? I think that might even be objectively true. Like, that's it's a dumpster <laughs> fire. Even though it's an analogy, it's like an objectively true analogy. So, okay, with four minutes to go, yes. give me a hot take. Uh, I'll give you mine, okay? Yeah. Tell me, well, I'm going to use you as a leading indicator, which is cheating a little bit. It's summer in Australia right now. This is when people party down. Uh, You've come out of the pandemic. Are you seeing people, like, really rocking the beach? Like, are are there people out and about and hanging out with people and socializing? Or is it not like that? That's a great question. So a few things. One is the tourists haven't really come back. And part of our hospitality, so pubs, you know, the the surf school where Harper works... They rely yeah. on mostly Brazilian backpackers, Brazilian working holiday visa folks to be here for six months, 12 months, and they get a part-time job as a glassy at the pub or teaching surfing. They're not here, yeah. so it's a bit odd. The population oh. of Bondi, they reckon, is half what it used to be because it, it's the tourists. 
They haven't really come back. It's kind of odd. That's so. Are you liking it or are you not no, liking it's, it? No, it's it's it definitely hasn't got the the vibe that it used to. It have. Doesn't have the vibe. But um, but you but you also don't have the traffic. No, that's true. I shouldn't <laughs> I shouldn't be complaining. I think generally watching people over the summer, they've definitely you know flights back up to Bali, which is our version of Mexico. Fantastic right. holiday up north. I mean, that's yeah. definitely cooking along. The the flights mm-hmm. are interesting. The flights haven't caught up, so the flights are incredibly expensive. And there was word on the street that Singapore Airlines that made the massive bet into A380s. Mm-hmm. Remember those 700-person double-decker planes that they brought out for yes. the Airbus? And now they Absolutely. mothballed them all because they don't really work. They're bringing... Oh. Well, they don't... <laughs> I didn't know that. No, they ultimately... Um, Boeing won that race with their 767 and 777s. The smaller aircraft, they were more suitable for the routes. Singapore is bringing all their A380s back and apparently the supply is going to go through the roof and and uh, airline airfares are going to fall. So anyone looking to fly apparently after June is the way to go. Um, But uh, I think we're parting like it's 1999 again. It feels pretty good. Yes, okay. So this is going to be my... my, my, uh, Maybe it's not such a hot take then, but I think this summer was a in America was like everybody got back to getting on planes and getting in their car and driving places and big parties. Yeah. I think that next summer is going to be like that too. I think right. is late spring, early summer. You're going to see people mm. taking way more time mm. off work, like living like mm. you know, tomorrow maybe their last. <laughs> There's a little more of that going on. Yeah. Um, anyway, how about you? Hot take from Jason. What do you oh. got? Oh, it's so hard to know. Um, I think we're going to see a continuing evolution of the future of work. Um, Mm-hmm. I think there will be a really interesting springing backwards and forwards where folks will want to go back to work or versions of WeWork where people are actually leaving, getting out of the house to work somewhere, but it's not necessarily the office. I think all mm-hmm. of that stuff's going to continue. I think we're never going to go back to a place where workers are going in full time into an office. Like I think there's that yeah. realization of the time lost with commuting is sort of insane. And I also think people who are really onto their time management know how much time is lost in an office with all yeah. the useless. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm going to put a cherry on top of that because yeah. I agree with you so much. I I think the other thing that's going to come out of that is that the idea that you're going to sit at a desk for eight hours of a day mm-hmm. is is it's not over for everybody, but it's almost over for everybody. And that has to do with the fact that in the pandemic, you realize I'm going to put in a few hours. I've been sitting here for a while. I'm going to yeah. get up and move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe you maybe you put a walk in the middle of the day. Mm. Maybe you do, you do something to just break up the day because you you know. Yeah. And now you get back and you're like, wait a minute, I'm not sitting at this desk all day. Yeah. I mean, there's just there's no way. Yeah. And and when you talk to any of your medical friends who say things like sitting is the new yeah. smoking, absolutely, <laughs> you're like, oh wow, okay, well. I've got to find a way to build this in yeah. uh, to stay healthy because, you know, wellness and health is right in our face all the yeah. time. And yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. We're going to look back. Researchers are going to look back at the pandemic and say that was the moment when, you know, the regime, the status quo of how we work, whether it's committing into an office or physically how we're doing our work yeah. or the time. Like it's so old school industrial factory thinking to say, I'm working from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. on these five days. It's like. You know, it might be, I'm not inspired to work on a Friday, but damn, I woke up on Sunday and I got so much done. Like, I think things are going to really break down. I do too. In a positive way I for humanity. Too. Yeah. 
There's no way if we would have done this organically that yeah, people would have learned how to use Zoom this fast. No, we needed There's just a no, shock. Yeah. Exactly. So, I, and it's it's nice to focus on the silver lining of something that was that rough. Yeah, no, uh, at absolutely. least we did a lot of it together, my man. We did, uh, and Christopher. We, <laughs> we did. All right. To keep ourselves sane absolutely. and hopefully entertain some of our listeners listening right now. Everybody, thanks so much for for, uh, checking us out this week. We will talk to you next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us at the Recombobulator Lab with Chris Dominic and Jason Graham-Nine. Catch you next time.